what is going on everyone i hope everybody had a great weekend i know i did welcome back to another edition of breaking the goal line i am your host russell goddard and whoo man we had march madness we had a lot of great games there but the big news huge trade news in the nfl amazing we're going to talk about that we're talking about it from the perspective of all three teams really a fourth team is in there too a fourth team does come at play in this just a little bit uh but i can't wait to get into that but before we do go ahead and subscribe give me a follow if you have thank you so much if you have not if you could that would be amazing and if you're listening on apple itunes go ahead and leave me a review uh reviews are very helpful so thank you so much if you already have and if you will thank you all right guys let's just get right into it a lot of stuff to talk about So I would assume that most of you know by now that on Saturday, the San Francisco 49ers traded up to the number third pick in this NFL draft. They gave Miami, who originally had it, they gave them two first rounders, one for each of the next two years, and a third rounder for next year. Miami then, about five minutes after that broke, traded with the Eagles to go from 12 to 6, giving Philadelphia a first rounder next year, and a fourth rounder in this year's draft class. So to just recap, the Niners now hold the third pick, the Miami Dolphins now hold the sixth pick, and the Philadelphia Eagles hold the 12th pick. That is huge. Just a complete shakeup of the entire draft. I mean, that's three teams moving spots. One team moved up strictly to get a quarterback. Another team moved back to say, you know, they're going to go with their quarterback. Really both, really the Eagles and the Dolphins both moved back in that way. Because if the Eagles were to stay at six, and for some reason, maybe a guy that they liked fell to them, and, you know, Howie Roseman kind of feels like, okay, well, we got to take this guy. Well, you're not really doing Jalen Hurts any justice, and you're just going to be locked up the same way you were with Hurts and Wentz. So really both teams moved back. I would say not to get a quarterback, and the team moved up to get a quarterback. This is just a land, just land shaking. I mean, it really does. It it breaks the foundation of what the draft was going to be. The Niners, they're taking a big swing. I mean, we talked a little bit about the podcast last week about how McVay is just taking big swing after big swing, and it's time for Kyle to take one. Well, this was Kyle. This was all Kyle Shanahan, and I I love it. I I love it. I think it's going to make the draft way more interesting. I think potentially now four quarterbacks could go back to back. I think it could be the first four picks could all be quarterbacks. And that's even if the Jets and Atlanta stay where they are. If Atlanta stays, to me, they're drafting a quarterback. But there's going to be opportunities with Carolina, with Denver, to trade out of that fourth spot, move back a couple spots, pick up some draft picks, not take a quarterback, take something to build behind. You know, Matt Ryan with some talent, you know, whatever it is. Maybe you need offensive linemen. They definitely need some defensive help. Maybe you can get a great edge rusher. Maybe maybe Phillips is there. Uh, maybe you can get a tackle. I, whoever they want to get. But if you stay at four, to me, if you're Atlanta, you're taking a quarterback. Which would be the first time in NFL history that we would have four quarterbacks go in a row. It's pretty nuts. And if you're a gambling man like myself, you know, the odds are 7-1 right now that the first four draft picks in the 2021 NFL draft will be quarterbacks. So I dabbled a little money on that. You know, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, 
you know, but if you are gambling, man, you know, don't blow your life savings on it or nothing. You know, I threw like 20 bucks at it, so it's really nothing. But 7-1 odds can pay back pretty good. So I think it just shakes up draft. It's just going to make it way more fun to watch because we still don't know what New York's going to do and Atlanta, they might move. And now there's rumblings and talks about how the Niners might look up to jump to jump to the Jets to number two. No, that's not happening. That is not happening. Let's let's talk about this a little bit more about from the Niners perspective here. So Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, but really just Kyle Shanahan, because while John Lynch is the general manager, all the final calls go through Kyle. I mean, they all do. He is the grand poobah for the San Francisco 49ers. So he made this call. He said, you know what? We're taking a big swing. And I just, I love it. Kyle just put his nuts on the table and said, listen, we're done with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just getting hurt. Can't stay healthy when he when he's hurt. He doesn't look like he's paying attention to the games. He's up there taking notes. Maybe he's really just doodling his next porn star girlfriend. I don't know. But Kyle flopped his nuts on the table and said, we're going to make a move. And they, woo, did they? I mean, it's the biggest trade in franchise history. It is the biggest trade in the San Francisco 49ers history. And that's a lot of history. That's a lot of Super Bowls. That's a lot of playoff games. That's a lot of drafts. That's a lot of trades. But if this works out, it could be the best move other than getting Joe Montana in the history of their franchise. Kyle's kind of banking on that right now. And you know, who are they going to take? Who are they going to take? Who are they going to take? That's all it is now. Who are the Niners going to take? Well, Trevor Lawrence is off the board because we know he's going number one. And oh, Zach Wilson, he's going to go number two, which still up for a little bit of debate. But you know, after his pro day, he looks pretty good. And I'm going to talk, you know, if I have time, I'll talk a little bit more about Zach Wilson. I went and watched some of, a couple of his game tapes from last year. I saw a couple of those games. I just wanted to rewatch him and rework them. Uh, I, my, my opinion on him changed just a little bit. So if we just assume, you know, Lawrence is going to go one and Wilson's going to go two, well, then that leaves you three guys. Really, it's only two. But now Mac Jones has just hopped out of the woodwork. I mean, and I think he's got to thank Joe Burrow for this. Because Joe Burrow, going into his last season at LSU, was projected to be a fifth-round draft pick. Was just projected to be someone that could make the league, maybe a backup, probably be out of it in a couple of years. Well, Mac Jones <laughs> did the same thing, won a national championship, had a Heisman-like season, threw for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns, just like Joe Burrow did. When Joe Burrow went number one. And now there's a lot of talk about how Mac Jones will be a top-five quarterback. I personally don't see it. It's not where the NFL is trending to. To me, his ceiling at, at the highest is Matt Ryan. And his floor is someone that's not going to be able to play at all. Josh Rosen. To me, though, that's what it is. And there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground for me. It's You're either Matt Ryan and can have a decent career if you have a team around you and have some good seasons, throw for a lot of yards, but also have some bad seasons. Or you're Josh Rosen and you're out of the league in a few years. The Niners did not move up. Kyle Shanahan did not whip out those San Francisco nuts, put them on the table, told John this is what they were going to do to go up and get fucking Mac Jones. No way. I, I, I don't, I refuse to believe that. Kyle is a smarter guy than that. To me, all this Mac Jones talk, it's all smoke screens. It's all smoke screens. It's all, we want to take Matt Jones because what if Atlanta really, really, really likes Justin Fields or really likes Trey Lance and they think that, you know, they're not going to be there and get past the Jets and now the Niners. So what if they want to try to trade up 
to another, the number two spot to make sure they get their guy. Or maybe they're like, you know what, we like Zach Wilson this much. Whatever it is, we want to make sure we get one of these two guys. We have to get one of these two guys, either Zach Wilson or Trey Lance or Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Or maybe it's not even, maybe Zach Wilson's not even the conversation for them. Who knows? I got to believe he's on the conversation for them. But, and what if they want to trade up? So if you just put out all this Mac Jones stuff, and if you yourself, Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, goes with your general manager, John Lynch, to Mac Jones Pro Day and doesn't go to Justin Field Pro Day, to me, that's the perfect smokescreen. You are you are a seven foot one guy setting a screen in the NBA on a five seven point guard that doesn't see it coming. He runs right into your fucking stomach, falls down, hits the deck, didn't know what happened. That is what Kyle Shanahan is doing. Kyle Shanahan, this is a smoke screen. Make everyone think he might take Mac Jones. Why? Because Kyle is smart. Because Kyle knows that Mac Jones is his prototypical quarterback. Since he's gotten the league, Kyle has liked Mac Jones. He loves Kirk Cousins. He loved Matt Ryan. He loved Matt Schaub. Those are his kind of quarterbacks. Those are what fit well in his scheme, what he wants to do. Because at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan wants to be the quarterback on the field, but he can't. But if he can be the quarterback through the actual quarterback, it's good for him. Kyle Shanahan's like the ultimate the ultimate jock dad that has a son or, or a daughter playing in high school, and they were like a big jock in high school, and they keep talking, well, I was just one injury away from going to the pros, so they live vicariously through their kid, and they're always in the coach's ass, they're always telling their kid this, this, and that, this is what you should do, you should do that, you should be here, that's Kyle Shanahan, but like way better, and an actual good coach in the league. But Kyle, he wants the quarterback glory. He he wants to take the Jimmy Garoppolo's. He wants to take the Kirk Cousins. He wants to take the Matt Shops, the limited quarterbacks. I mean, maybe not limited, you know. I mean, Matt Ryan, dude's got an arm and he doesn't have a great arm. He's accurate, but Matt Ryan's all mental. I mean, Matt Ryan's a smart guy. He's probably one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. But he takes quarterbacks that maybe aren't as athletic. These guys can't run. Jimmy Garoppolo's his most athletic quarterback that Kyle's ever worked with besides RG3. Let's, 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 I mean, RG3, you know, Kyle was with him for three years and then RG3 got hurt and he was just really never the same after he got hurt. His rookie year was okay. You know, he won the rookie of the year, which is great, but he got hurt a little bit at the end and then he got hurt his second year. It was just never the same. So <clears throat> I don't know if we can put that on, on RG3 or Kyle, whatever, but yeah, RG3 is the most talented guy. He's the most, most like Trey Lance and Justin Fields. But historically, Kyle likes his Kirk Cousins. He likes his Matt Shops because Kyle gets to run it through their ear. He doesn't get a guy that's going to go off a script and make a play. But now it's 2021. Kyle Shanahan is a smart guy. He has Sean McVay and Pete Carroll in his division. He has to go up against Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and now Matthew Stafford twice every year. You can't, you just can't do it with Jimmy Garoppolo because one, he can't stay healthy. And two, he's not dynamic enough. He just he just isn't. He skips balls, even when he shouldn't. Even when they're no, those are passes we know Jimmy can make, just kind of feels like, is Jimmy really in the game? Is his head actually in the game? I, I'm not, I don't know. Like Sometimes it just looks like he just, you know, wants to be finished and go shoot his next, you know, GQ cover or whatever he does. I, I, I don't know. But the dude gets hurt. He just does. So Kyle put his nuts on the table. He made a big move and said, you know what, Sean, I'm going to double down. You're going to go out and get Stafford. I'm going to go out and get the third pick. I love it. I love it. And 
prototypically, you know, Mac Jones is the guy. But this is all smoke screens. To me, it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance. If he takes Mac Jones, I would be floored. Floored. Because if he hits on this, if he hits on this, he takes the right quarterback, they go to the playoffs in a couple years, they're a viable team, his career is going to skyrocket. If this guy's a pro bowler, his career will take off even more than it has. Let's say he takes Mac Jones, or maybe he's even Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and they're just not very good. They're Mitchell Trubisky. His career is going to, it's going to plummet. It's going to plummet, and it's going to suck. I I wouldn't say he's going to be fired from San Francisco because they're infatuated with him, and I I see why. He's a great coach. He really is. But if he swings and misses on this, it's all Kyle Shanahan. This is not John Lynch. This is Kyle Shanahan taking this, doing this trade. You gave up your next two first-rounders, which I like. Sean McVay hasn't had a first-round pick since he's been a head coach. He's not going to have one next year or the year after that. Sean McVay will go six straight NFL drafts without having a a, a first-round draft pick. Kyle Shanahan's going to look at it and say, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. Because like we talked about last week, they're cut from the same cloth. Shanahan was was McVay's mentor. You know, and McVay and and Shanahan are looking over at Matt LaFleur for the last two years thinking, wow, we pretty much run the same offense, but your offense just looks way better. Why? Oh, because you have Aaron fucking Rodgers. You have someone that can actually make plays outside of the pocket. Now, I'm Aaron Rodgers wears me the fuck out. He does. Aaron wears me out. But Aaron's one of the best throwers of the football I've ever seen. And in that offense, other than John Elway, he's clearly the most talented quarterback that's ever played in that offense. So McVay saw that and said, you know what? I got to get Jared out of here. Let's get someone that can make plays. Stafford. Shanahan is looking over there. And these, these guys are all friends. These guys all have beers in the offseason. They all have their wives. Their all wives are all close to each other. They all have their phone numbers. They go to Cancun together. All that shit. All three of them. They've been together for years. Now they're all head coaches. Two of them in the same division. They're all rivals. They're all in the NFC. Shanahan's looking over at, you know, LaFleur with Rodgers going 13-3, and 13-3 and the last two seasons, losing in the NFC Championship, yeah, but still, you know, 13-3, and getting to the NFC Championship team twice, probably looking over there like, fuck, I kind of want that. You know, I kind of want that. You know when you're dating a girl, or, you know, you're dating a guy, and, you know, he's he's good, or she's good, you know, they're nice, you know, probably, you know, a little attractive, you know, they probably do okay, but then you look over, and your buddy has just walked in with, like, the supermodel, and he, he, like, the guy, like, works at Amber Crombie or, like, the girl's, like, an Instagram model. And you go, shit. You look over at your guy and he's probably stuffing a cheeseburger and his fat face and shaved in three days. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's what Shanahan McVay are looking over at LaFleur. Like, damn, you got that guy? We're stuck with Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, yeah, we want to upgrade. We want to upgrade. Hey, LaFleur, where'd you go shopping at that for? I want that shirt. That's That's what it is. I love it. I love that Shanahan's making this move. It's ballsy. There's some risk here. People are, I mean, I'm saying, it doesn't matter who you take. They're all going to be great. Really? Because does the history of the top five or top 10 picks for quarterbacks alone in the NFL not show you anything? Bust after bust after bust? The history of just trading up to get a quarterback has not been good. I mean, we just, we our latest examples are the Chicago Bears and the New York Jets. The Jets traded up from 6-3 to three to get Sam Darnold. Now, I'm not going to say that it's Sam Darnold's fault, but I don't really know how much of it is his fault. It isn't his fault. We won't know that till we see him play in another uniform or in the same Jets uniform 
in a different system with a completely different coaching staff. But then the Bears traded up to number two to get Trubisky. That was a fucking disaster right away. I mean, right away. And they gave away the, the, now the Jets didn't give that much away because they were just going from six to three. But the Bears gave a first round pick, a second round pick, and that year's fourth round pick away. They gave up a decent amount to jump to get Trubisky. Not worth it. And this is a huge swing. Essentially, you're giving away three first round picks. Now, the first one's a pick swap. So you go from 12 to three. So you're not really giving away your first rounder this year. But I mean, there, there's been people that have made moves without giving up their spot. Now they have two spots in that first rounder. They didn't do that, which they can't. They couldn't afford that. So they gave up essentially the next two first round picks, 2022 and 2023. And they gave up a third rounder next year in 2022. That's a lot to give up for someone that you have never seen play in the NFL. For someone you don't even know can throw for piss, really. You just don't. You can see him all you want on college tape, on his pro days where Zach Wilson's running out to his left and he's throwing to his right and everyone's freaking out and Twitter's blowing up and Instagram and you gotta take this guy. This guy, he's gonna change the game. He's wearing shorts and he's better than anybody. Come on. The, the, the swing and miss factor here is huge. But at least Kyle Shanahan stepped up to the plate, choked up on his bat, and swung for the fences. And now he has a chance to take, I'm going to say three of these quarterbacks that he likes. I think really, like I said, it's Justin Fields and Trey Lance. I can see why he would take Mac Jones, like I said. It's historically his type of quarterback. But to jump to the third overall spot in this draft, to take Mac Jones, I don't see it. And that alone, I think I think it would call for Shanahan, if he doesn't get to the playoffs, if he doesn't get to the playoffs next year, okay, that's one playoff appearance in five seasons. But I get it, you drafted a rookie quarterback. If you don't get to the playoffs the year after next, well, then that's one playoff appearance in six seasons. Coaches would be fired. Every single coach would be fired. There'd be no coach that would still be able to have their job if you go to the playoffs once out of six years. Now, granted, that playoff trip was to the Super Bowl, but that's it. You haven't been since, Kyle. And if you don't go after you make this move, now it's a rookie quarterback. Like I said, I don't expect them to go to the playoffs next year, but I expect them to compete because they're still going. Nick Bosa will be back. Hopefully, George Kittle can stay healthy. You just re-signed your offensive tackle. You just added a new addition to your offensive line as well. You, 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 got, you re-signed your young corners. You lost your defensive coordinator and your assistant offensive coordinator, which really was your OC, but you're the OC, Kyle. You lost a lot of that, but you should still be, they should still be good. The 49ers, the base of the 49ers is going to be good. And they have, they have great culture, an amazing culture. So there's no reason that even if they do start Trey Lance or, you know, maybe, maybe it's Jimmy, maybe they keep Jimmy, maybe they draft Trey Lance and they keep Jimmy this year. Okay. So then you had Jimmy, maybe you win nine games. All right, I'll take that. You ship Jimmy off. Maybe Jimmy looks pretty good. Maybe you can ship him off for a first, second, third round draft pick. Get something back. Boom. Trey Lance steps up. You should be in the playoffs that next year. Because that's just kind of where we're at right now. Most rookie quarterbacks are not sitting anymore. Herbert sat for one game this year. Now, granted, he only came in because the Chargers fucked up medical staff, punctured Tyrod Taylor's lung. But clearly... 
Anthony Lynn didn't know what he was doing. Because how do you not see what that guy did in practice and not start him? I just think Anthony Lynn was scared to start him. You can't be scared. You can't be scared in the National Football League. It's the National Football League. It's for men. It's not for scared boys. If you're a scared boy, go to college. We don't do it. We don't do that shit here. Kyle's Kyle's saying it right now. He's putting his nuts on the table when he's saying it. We do not do that shit here. We will compete. There's no way in hell I think Mac Jones goes at number three. It's Trey Lance. It's Justin Fields. If it is Mac Jones, floored. I would be floored. Really, honestly and truly, I, I just, I wouldn't know at that point. I would have to hope that Kyle really, really knows what he's doing. And that if he really got, if he would have got Kirk Cousins instead of Jimmy G a couple years ago when he was trying to do that before Kirk re-signed with Minnesota, I would have to assume then that they would have gone to multiple Super Bowls with Kirk Cousins because you don't take Mac Jones. And I know Justin Fields is inconsistent. He's from Ohio State. And I know Trey Lance has only played one season. He's from North Dakota State. And you want to take the guy from Alabama. Why? You want to take the guy who has five five-star recruits in front of him blocking for him? Who has three five-star recruits catching the football for him? Who has 11 five-star recruits on the other side of the ball? Oh, no. It's because Alabama's more pro-ready. They run more pro-style. Do they? Have you not seen North Dakota State's playbook? Have you not seen a North Dakota State football game? I have. They are they, they are a pro team. North Dakota State is more pro-ready than Alabama is. Alabama, everybody's a five or four star. They, they play Vanderbilt in, in, in the Sisterhood of the Blind every year. North Dakota State doesn't really have fluff games because North Dakota State is the fluffy, not the fluffer. And they beat the teams that try to fluff them. They try to get them in. They've won like seven national championships in two in 10 years. Some crazy shit. Carson Wentz won three of them when he was there or whatever. Trey Lance, one year, no interceptions. I think he he only averaged throwing the ball 19 times a game. Whatever. Because he, he was, I think he averaged 200, like 230 passing yards and 70 on the ground. No interceptions. Had like 37 touchdowns. It's That's insane. The dude is built like a tank. And then you go to Ohio State, who also has five-star after five-star and four-star after four-star. And Justin Fields at times looked inconsistent. Okay? I don't I don't understand. Why, why is Mac Jones more pro-ready than Justin Fields or Trey Lance? I would argue that Trey Lance is more pro-ready than any of these quarterbacks besides Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. So out of the three, Trey Lance is the most pro-ready. I, that's, I would argue that. I mean, he doesn't play with five stars, four star athletes. He was a four star athlete. The dude is a 12 star athlete. Have you seen him? Jesus. He's literally like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen put in a one. It, it, the dude's insane. So I'm not buying this Mac Jones stuff from the Niners. I like that the Niners did this. I love it. Put their nuts on the table. They're going to make a big splash and it's going to be awesome. Okay, so let's let's talk it through the Dolphins' point of view now. So the Dolphins. Originally traded back to 12, they gave up, well, they got multiple first-round picks and a third-round pick from San Francisco, and then they turned around and gave the Eagles a first-rounder next year and a, was a fourth-rounder? Fourth, and they're they're the the Dolphins' fourth-rounder this year. So the Dolphins now have 13 total picks in in the first three rounds for the next three years. 13 total picks in the next three rounds for the next three NFL drafts. That's a lot. 
They have two first rounders this year. They have two second rounders this year. And then next year, they'll have a first, a second, and two thirds. And then in 2023, they will have two firsts, a second, and a third. It's just, it's crazy. I mean, they built up a lot of draft capital now. A lot. Pretty much a lot lot of it's from the Laramie Tunsil trade. They pretty much took everything that they got from the Laramie Tunsil trade and incorporated it into getting all these picks. And that's, the 13 is just the the first three rounds in the next three drafts. So just the first, second, and third for the next three years. So just in those nine rounds, they have 13 picks for the next three years. And, and that's not only, okay, yeah, they can pick players because they have, you know, first rounders and second rounders and third rounders. They can pick great players. They can make great moves in this league. They have so much draft capital that who says they who says they even use those? Who says they, they use more than four of those picks in those first and they just give away? They trade them away for a player or two that can actually play. So to me, this tells me Miami is definitely going to build around Tua. They at least want to try. They have enough draft capital where if it doesn't work out this year and Tua doesn't take a step forward and he looks bad, he doesn't look good like he did last year, they have no Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and back him up, to come in and win games. They they Let's say they win six or seven games, Tua doesn't look good. You know what? That's okay. Because you have enough draft capital that even if it's not a good draft next year and maybe no one really emerges and you don't want to take a swing on that guy, well, you could trade for somebody. What Russell Wilson, I don't think is going anywhere this offseason. I think Russell's going to be with Seattle this year. Russell Wilson's probably going to want to get traded next year. Who says that the Miami Dolphins can't offer, let's see, three first round picks and a third round pick, maybe even a second round pick for Russell Wilson next year? And who knows, maybe we open our eyes and Russell Wilson for the 2022 season is a Miami Dolphin. And they have built this team with what they'll get this year. And they're at the sixth spot. And Kyle Pitts is going to be staring them right in the face. And Kyle Pitts is where you go. Miami was never going to take a quarterback. It's why they traded out of that third spot. Because to take Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase at number three is just ridiculous. And Miami knew it. They knew it. They knew they couldn't take a wide receiver with the third pick or a tight end with the third pick, but they dropped back to three. They added some draft capital and they're going to, to me, it's, it's Kyle Pitts. The best way to get to a going is to get him with Kyle Pitts. And you have Kyle Pitts, Mike Gusecki. You just signed Will Fuller. You still have Devonte uh, Parker. You got Malcolm Brown now in the backfield, still with Ahmed, still with Gaskin. So you have three running backs you can rotate in and out. You still have Lynn Bolden Jr., who is a slot receiver, a speed guy for for Tua to hit deep balls. You have Will Fuller now, another deep ball threat. You have a red zone and threat in in Devontae Parker, and you still and you have Gaskin and Pitts. You could just spread it out. Let Tua play fast football. That's what he likes to do. Spread it out. Get him in the shotgun. Kyle Pitts, Gasecki, whoever. Those running backs in the backfield. You have a pounder, a scat, and a receiving back now. Perfect. You're paying none of them dick. You're paying nobody nothing. You're paying Tua nothing. Devontae Parker got a deal a couple years ago. A little overpaid, but they kept him fine. Will Fuller, you just paid. Not not even that much. Uh, Gasecki is still on his rookie deal. Kyle Pitts would be on a rookie deal. Your defense is what you're paying for, but some of those are on their rookie deal. And then you have you have pick six, and you still have pick 18. So the Dolphins are looking at this like, okay, we can get Kyle Pitts. If they want to go Jamar Chase, sure, go Jamar Chase. 
But to me, it's Kyle Pitts. Why would you sign Will Fuller and then go Jamar Chase? I understand best best available player, BPA, but Kyle Pitts is the best available player. Other than Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts is number two. This guy's a freaking monster. He's like 260 pounds, runs a 4-4 flat, can go up and compete with any linebacker, safety, corner, it doesn't matter. And he puts his hand in the ground and blocks. Gusecki doesn't block. Gusecki's just a receiving guy. But to get a guy with this talent at the number six spot, and then at 18, come back and be able to get either an offensive tackle or at that point, honestly, best player available for you, that's in, that's amazing. If they could get a tackle or right tackle or a guard, if they can get that kid uh, uh, Vajeo, Vajeo from SC, I don't think he's going to drop that far. I think it's a reach. I think I think he's going to I think he's going to go probably top 10, top 13. Uh, I don't think he's making 18, but if they can get a tackle or best player available at that point, which might be a pass rusher, Jalen Phillips, Quiddy Pay, those guys could be there. I mean, Miami should be looking good for the next couple of years. They just drafted Austin Jackson. If Austin Jackson can make a step up, uh, shout out Austin Jackson, went to my high school by the way, North Canyon Go Rattlers. If Austin Jackson can take a step forward this next year, and be a true left tackle, and just start kicking people's ass, they're going to be okay. If they can protect Tua, if they can add a guy like a Kyle Pitts with what they already have, Brian Flores looks like he's the real deal. The big winner in this trade, ultimately, right now, when we look at it, I know the Niners move to the third spot, and we get all high on that, and they're going to take a quarterback, and, you know, they, they could be really good. But to me, the winner is the Miami Dolphins. They played this perfectly. I mean, perfectly. They have enough draft capital for the next couple of years to do whatever the fuck they want. They can draft anybody, or they can trade for pretty much anybody in this league. Let's say, you know what, you know what, we really need to go out and get a big-time offensive lineman. Orlando Brown for the Ravens. He's been one, He's a right tackle. He's been one to say he wants to get paid like a left tackle. He wants to switch to left tackle so he can get paid like a left tackle. Now, I understand that, but you have Ronley Stanley as your left tackle, buddy. So you're not going to be left tackle. <laughs> They're not going to pay you as much as they pay Ronnie Stanley. So what if Orlando Brown is out there, you know, maybe he's a little unhappy, whatever it is, because he, and you know, hey, here you go, Baltimore, we'll give you a first round pick, two second round picks for Orlando Brown. And then you come in, you give Orlando Brown a good contract, because you can, because you're paying nobody right now. So you give Orlando Brown a contract, say, hey, we're going to pay you as a left tackle, but we need you to play right. Or move Austin Jackson to the right and play Orlando Brown left. The only problem with that is, I don't know if... You know what, I actually, thinking about, you know what, I think Austin Jackson could play right tackle in the league. I definitely do. So, I mean, that could work. Who knows? Maybe they go out and trade for a safety, a corner. Maybe they just start drafting people left and right, and they start hitting on them. But the thing about drafting, you have to hit on those picks. So now Miami, if you are going to use all these picks, you have to hit on them. You have to build around Tua. You can't build around a scheme. You have to build around Tua Tungavailoa. He's the one. You have to see if this could work. Because if it can't work... You have enough draft capital to bail next year, but you can't really bail if you don't bail next year. You can't sit on it and go, we'll see how it looks in three years. No, you got to be in and out. It's got to be quick. And I think Flores knows that. So I think they're going to see what they have in Tua this year. Can he play? And if he can't, if they're looking at it like, I still don't know, well, then it's time to make a move. Then you make a move. You try to trade for a quarterback. You see one is coming out in the draft. You never know. I mean, shit, Mac Jones came out of nowhere this year. I keep I keep I keep hearing people say you're gonna get stuck with Tua. Next year's draft is no good for quarterbacks. Okay, but I mean every year a quarterback pops out of the woodwork and shows his head, and now everyone freaks out. Oh, you gotta draft this kid. This kid, man, Mel Kiper up there. This kid, 
he's the real deal. You know, you got McShay throwing shit out about how this kid, some random stat, he's the only kid to ever throw a ball this fast in this many seconds to this sideline. Whatever. It happens every freaking year. So who knows? Maybe maybe a quarterback will come will emerge. Maybe a new quarterback at Bama next year, new quarterback at Ohio State next year, new quarterback at Georgia next year, new, new quarterback at North Dakota State next year. Who knows? Who knows who's going to peek their head out? So if you don't like this kid and you don't think he's the one and you're like, you know what, we have to move on. We still are unsure. Okay, so go draft another one. You have that money because you're not paying anybody still. Go trade for somebody because you have all this draft capital. The Dolphins are sitting in a perfect position. They're perfect position to make a playoff push this coming season. To be a real threat to the NFC, to the, sorry, the AFC East. Big threat. Because right now it's just the Bills. And I think the, the, the Patriots will be along in there right now. But I think Miami can make some noise if Tua can play. Now that's if Tua can play. Because Miami's looking at it. They have a good coach. They have a good defense. They have a great staff, a great culture, a good GM. Their owner is 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 good. So the only thing they really need is Tua. They need Tua to be able to play. And if Tua can play, Miami's going to be tough to beat. If they get Kyle Pitts, or even if they get Jamar Chase, they're going to be tough to beat. Now, I mean, it ruins fantasy. Miami, you just don't even want to touch the Dolphins in fantasy because that's, that's just too many pieces. They're going to be rotating people in and out, which is great for Tua. Tua is good when he plays on Alabama. S- same thing for Mac Jones. Mac Jones will be good when he plays for Alabama. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be in Tuscaloosa. It can be in Miami or it can be in San Francisco, but you need to bring what they had in Bama, which is five-star athletes. You need to surround them by with talented players because... Tua and Mac Jones, they're both trailers. They need to be hitched onto a truck to get them going. And then they can survive. They can coast. They can get you to where you need to go if they're surrounded by the talent. I think Tua more than Mac Jones, but you know, you just gotta surround them by that talent. He's not there, neither one of them are trucks. So if you surround them by enough talent, that Alabama talent that they had when they were both great in college, when Tua was amazing, winning national championships, coming in for injured Jalen Hurts, throwing the game-winning pass against Georgia, the next two years, balling out, incredible. If you want him to be like that, you got to put the talent around him. This is how you do it. You trade back. You take you take Kyle Pitts. You take an offensive tackle or best player available on your board. Hell, if the best player available on your board is Travis Etienne at 18, Fucking take Travis Etienne then, because he would kill it with Tua. So would Najee Harris. They both would kill it as running backs. I personally don't like taking a running back that high, especially if an offensive lineman is on the board, that one that can do something. Like Dawson, Dawson's not bad, tackle out of Virginia, tech. I do it. Whatever the best player on your board there at 18 is. If it's an offensive lineman, great. If it's not an offensive lineman, whatever it is. Edge rusher, linebacker, wide receiver, whoever it is. The Dolphins are sitting in a good position right now. They just can't fuck it up. They can't fuck it up because it's easy to mess it up. Just like the Niners. All you got to do is take the wrong guy, Kyle. Your career is derailed. Flores, all you got to do is not hit on a couple draft picks. And Tua doesn't see, Tua is not the guy. And then you you don't hit on these draft picks this year. And you decide not to get rid of them next year and see give it one more year. And then you don't hit on those draft picks. Well, now your career is derailed. You'll probably never get another job because you just couldn't make it happen in Miami. Two will be gone, it'll all be blown up, and you'll just be the Dolphins. The Dolphins that I've grown up with my entire life. Terrible. Just miserable. Awful. So don't do that. Dolphins are in a position to not do that. Great position. To me, they're the biggest winners of this draft. And I think building around two is the smartest thing they could have done. I was saying, it, that's all I was saying. People were saying, they gotta draft a quarterback. They gotta draft a quarterback. Why? 
Tua didn't. Tua was coming off hip surgery. He didn't have training camp. Barely had any OTAs. Didn't have really anything. No preseason. And to be honest, he shouldn't have. Shouldn't have even played last year. He shouldn't have even played. But Flores said, "You know what? We got to see what the kids got." And I and I respect that. I respect the shit out of that. But you know, he got benched and stuff. He just shouldn't have came back in the game. He clearly, maybe he wasn't healthy. Maybe he's just not that good. But you got to figure that out, and you got to figure that out by surrounding him with talent. Kyle Pitts, Fuller, Parker, Kaseki, the the backs in the backfield. You brought Malcolm Brown in. Get your offensive line there, and then next year you can say if Tua has it or not. To all the haters out there, all the critics, you can't say shit yet. Let's wait until we see next year. What 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 happens if we look up eight games through the season and the Dolphins are six and two, and Tua's playing pretty good? I mean, it would work out then, wouldn't it? It'd be fine then, wouldn't it? I'm excited to see what the Dolphins do. I mean, just just having the draft capital that they have, it just it's gonna make up for a lot of things, that, mistakes that they make. They may if they miss on a couple players this year, well, they have enough draft capital next couple of years that hey, you know maybe they can ship that guy out of there, you know, get him to cut him, get this guy, that guy. You got to hit on a couple draft picks, and they have so much wiggle room for trades. They have first round draft pick after first round draft pick multiple thirds, multiple seconds. I imagine they're going to turn those into Brian Flores is cut from the Bill Belichick cloth. He's going to turn those second and third round draft picks into six fourth round draft picks or into five, you know, five third rounders, a second rounder and a first rounder, whatever it is. He's going to turn them into more picks and they're going to turn them into players. Miami's got a hit. They got to hit on the player though. They got to hit on the picks or the draft, the trade, whatever they do. But Miami's in a good spot. If you're a Dolphins fan, I'd be pretty happy right now. Really, honestly, I'd be really happy if I'm a Dolphins fan because I like where my franchise is heading towards. It's not heading towards mediocrity and piss. It's heading on the up and up. I mean, you have definitely a chance to be a playoff team next year. I expect you to be a playoff team. See how Tua plays, but if he plays remotely, he doesn't even have to be great. But if Tua's the 17th best quarterback, even the 19th best quarterback in the league next year, there's no reason the Miami Dolphins shouldn't make the playoffs. I think Kyle Pitts is the answer at number six. I think a tackle or best play best player available on their board is the answer at 18. So the third and final team that uh, was part of this huge draft trade was the Eagles. And you know, you know, another thing, the reason that makes this trade so just big is because we're still 30 days away. Well, no, yeah, today. Today is 30 days away, a month away from the draft. Trades like this don't happen a month away from the draft. I mean, a team doesn't move up to the third overall pick a month away from the draft. Miami traded with two different teams in the same draft, I mean, weeks before it happens. That's one of the things that makes this trade just so cool. I mean, it makes it really cool. For someone like me who just loves football and, you know, what he does is is in the business of content. You know, I'm in the content business. I, I do this you know, hope trying to start to do this for a living. So I I like when cool shit happens in the NFL, especially when it has to do with my business and putting out content. It I mean, it's awesome for something to happen this far away from the draft to give us people that do this content business a lot to talk about for a month. It's pretty cool. So thank you, NFL, for making it pretty freaking awesome. But let's get into the Eagles a little bit. So the Eagles now have set themselves up much like the Dolphins. So the Eagles have 11 picks in this draft. They have 11, which is pretty good. They have potentially three first-round draft picks next year because of the Miami trade and the Colts trade. 
it's either going to be a first or a second with the Colts. It just depends on how much that Carson Wentz plays. Some like 75% of the, of the snaps, if he plays, they get a first round draft pick. It looks like it, it looks like the Eagles should have three first round draft picks next year, which is great. And they are setting up for the future. I think they want to see what Jalen Hurts got, much like the Dolphins want to see what Tua has. Is Jalen going to be the guy? Personally, I'm not super high on Jalen Hurts. I think he can be a valuable backup in this league. Don't really see him as a starting quarterback. You know, people are trying to compare it to Lamar. Jalen Hurts is not Lamar Jackson. Jalen Hurts, I think, could, can win games and come in. He seems like a locker room guy. He seems like a team guy. Seems like a really good guy. You know, he handled it well from the transfers from Bama to Oklahoma. He handled all that well with Tua, everything. Seems like a stand-up guy. But I just don't think he's my starting quarterback in the NFL. But Philadelphia's got to see that. They got to see, you know, hey, we took this guy in the second round and we just traded away a guy that we moved up to get in the draft in Carson Wentz and we paid him a shit ton of money. We had to take $40 million cap hit this year to send him away. So we need to make sure that this guy is the guy because we got him in the second round last year. And that's when a lot of this stuff started happening. So they got to see if he's the guy. So they're not going to stay at six. They moved to 12, which I think is perfect because they'll be in the Devontae Adams, you know, Jalen Waddle, Michael Parsons, uh, you know, JC Horn. I don't know if uh, Sertain will fall that far, but they'll be right there in the mix with a lot of good players on either side of the ball. And they can really start working up this team again. Because it's not like this team's only a couple years removed from the Super Bowl and they still have some of those players. I mean, Lane Johnson is still one of the best right tackles in the league. He's only 30 years old. They still got Kelsey. You know, he's a little bit older, but hey, you know, he's still very, very physical, very viable center in this league. They're going to make some moves. They need to see if Jalen's the guy. This season's probably going to suck for you Philadelphia fans. It probably just is. I just don't see how you guys can win this division. I don't see how you can make the playoffs. But if you look at it and you win seven games, you go seven and ten because you know, there's 17 games now, so you have to do the math on that. If you go seven and ten and you go, hey, look, Jalen looked like he had a little something. We, we have three first-rounders next year. I think they have two second-rounders next year. I know they have two second-rounders this year, too. Like and they have like four sevenths or something, something weird like that. But they look at it. Hey, we could still we can build up some guys. Let's get the defense back up. Let's get an offense in front of them, and let's get some actual weapons in here. Thought Jalen Rager was a little bit of a reach last year. Definitely thought he was a day two guy. Uh, but he went day one, first round with the Eagles. But he looked like he was starting to come on at the end of the year last year. He looked like he was starting to come on. So if he can come on and they can add additional pieces. You know, Dallas Goddard's still really good. Miles Sanders looks like he's really good. Their, their offensive line isn't terrible. They need another weapon. So maybe that maybe their pick at 12 is Devontae Smith. Maybe maybe it's Jalen Waddle. You know, maybe maybe that's who they get. Someone that can come in and give Jalen Hurts a spark after they catch the football. So it's some of the pressure's off Jalen a little bit. I mean, Eagles just got to find this stuff out. But they're set up, man. They are set up for the next couple of years to try to be a productive football team. I would say their goal is to be back in the playoffs in the 2023 season. You got you to know that the next couple of years are probably going to be rough. You got to see if you have the right quarterback first and foremost, and then you have to hit on the draft picks. And Howie Roseman, he hits on his picks. He just does. Since he's been, since he's been the, man, the GM there, he has hit on a lot of draft picks for Philadelphia, and he wheels and deals, clearly. He just made another one with the Dolphins to move back six spots. 
So they, they have to hit on their picks. They don't have as much draft capital as the Dolphins do, but they have some. They have 11 picks this year. It's it's the most in any team this in this year's draft. You know, I think the Dolphins had Dolphins had like 13 last year, which was the most that uh last year's draft. So you got a lot of picks. You can make something happen. Philly needs to make something happen. You don't need you don't need running back. You can go offensive line. Your defense needs to, you know, needs to come back a little bit. You just paid multiple veterans on that defense to come back. And I think they gave most of them one year deal, whatever it was. Uh, you got Fletcher Cox. You know, you have, you have some pieces. You just got to build around that. Philadelphia fans, you're probably not going to like next year. You're probably not going to like the year after that. But in, in, you know, two seasons, Philly has got to start getting going. But the thing with Philadelphia is not, you know, do they not have the right people? Are they going to hit on these draft picks? The biggest thing with Philadelphia is their coach. Don't know who he is. Nobody does. I mean, Nick Nick Sirianni is the offensive guy from the Colts. And it's just, to me, it's it feels like a Kingsbury hire. Doesn't feel good. Now, this guy can end up being really, really nice. I don't know. But that's the biggest thing in Philadelphia is can your coach actually coach? Because... Like Kingsbury, you can see uh, he can't. And if Soriani can't coach, it doesn't matter who you have at quarterback. It doesn't matter all that stuff because eventually it's going to catch up to you. How's the culture going to be in Philadelphia now? Bunch of new staff. Everybody, you know, Peterson left a Super Bowl winning coach with a good culture until it blew up there at the end. Now you have Nick Soriani who can't even really talk at a press conference. I get it. I'm not going to read too much into that. Because he's nervous. It's his first big boy job. I understand that. You have to do, you're have you dealing with the Philadelphia media. They're like fucking vultures. I understand. But the biggest thing in Philadelphia is not if Jalen Hurts is the quarterback. It's can this guy coach? And then the second biggest thing is can Jalen Hurts play quarterback? But you got to figure out the coach first. Because the coach needs to come in and he needs to set the culture right. He needs to set the tone for the whole team. And then he needs to be good enough that he can see if that quarterback is good enough or not. Sirianni's supposed to be an offensive guy. He's a young guy. You know, he's been bouncing around the league a little bit. He's been a, he's been an OC, but can he be a head coach? There's a big difference between being a head coach, being an offense coordinator. There's a big difference between being this entire franchise rest on your shoulders. I don't know. I don't know. He seems like a nice guy, but I don't know if he can coach. And in that division, if you can't coach, you're going to come in last. What a hell of a trade. I mean, I am jazzed up for the draft. Just jazzed up. Blood was flowing. It's cussing a little bit, you know, in this in this podcast. That's just because I'm just so amped up. Last little note here. Um, nothing to do with this trade. Everything to do with the Chicago Bears and Ryan Pace. Ryan, whoever your social media guy is, you you need to either fire him or tell him to stop. Stop posting pictures of Andy Dalton saying that says QB one. The other day they posted something of Andy Dalton boxing. What is Andy Dalton like? Jesus Christ, he's coming down and saving your franchise because you paid him $10 million. So you're going to win a Super Bowl. Whoever's the social media guy for the Chicago Bears needs to quit. Quit posting the QB1 Andy Dalton. It's March 29th. You don't know what you're going to do in the draft. You don't know what's going to fall to you. What if Andy Dalton, you know, has a career-ending injury tomorrow? QB1 on your freaking social media. That guy's an idiot. Ryan Pace. Fire that guy. Tell him to stop. It's probably you, Ryan. You probably want everyone to know that, hey, Bears fans, just, just you know, Andy's coming to save us. He's coming to save us, guys. Here comes Andy Dalton coming to save us. No, just stop. It's literally, it's laughable. It's laughable. A picture of him boxing. 
the QB1 Chicago Bears court. Get out of here. Chicago, you're a clown show now, and it sucks because I really like you. I like your city. Stop being a clown show. All right, I think that's going to do it for today. I mean, what a hell of a talk about. I mean, I loved it. I just love talking football, particularly the NFL draft. It's just so much fun to talk about. I mean, we got 30 days to till the draft, and I am just fired up. Love the draft. I'm not a huge mock draft guy, but I like dabbling in them a little bit. I'm thinking about not really doing a mock draft, but I might do a pod where I, you know, maybe do one through 32 and this is who I think these teams should take. I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. The draft is fun. The NFL is going to be a great season next year. So that's going to do it for you today. Uh, Watch a little March Madness. You know, there's still some games. Elite Eight coming on. I actually won a little money uh, last night on the SC game. Thank you very much. Go Trojans. Uh, And I think I'm going to dabble a little bit on them against Gonzaga. Now, they're probably not going to win. So anybody out there listening to this, you know, if you bet on it, don't come back to me because, you know, hey, I'm just throwing money to throw money around because, like I said, you know, I gamble. But uh, watch a little March Madness. Uh, I got the Masters coming up soon. I will talk to you guys at the end of the week. Have a great one. See ya.